going, cool. All right, welcome to The Orbit. This is our ongoing interview series. And today we have Angela, who is also known as P. Garar. We interviewed, I interviewed you last year, uh, like around fall, yep. just about. And you had just re released a book. Yeah, it was actually my second book. Oh, wow. Yeah. So last year was my second book. Um, and then the year before that was the first book. Cool. And so what would you describe, how do you describe like what you do online and sort of the peak of our business? Um, so I would say it's like freelance work. So I do a lot of illustration um, and just merchandise and also book publishing on my own. Um, but then I also do, so my full-time job is a UX designer at Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes for my freelance, I not only make art for myself, but I'm also doing work for other people. So kind of like commissioning, whether that's website design or illustration work. How many hours a week are you working then? Like work in total <laughs> yeah, or, or like, work divided between the two? It seems like you, you have a lot of, like you have your day job, commissions and extra stuff, so yeah. it seems like a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I work a regular 9 to 5, mm -hmm. um, and then when I get home, I try to dedicate maybe 1 to 2 hours a day doing my freelance work. Sometimes, if I get really focused, then I'll just go through the whole night and maybe work like another 5 or 6 hours. <laughs> It just depends on uh, the passion project right. or uh, maybe a deadline is right. coming up. Yeah, because I tend to actually um, compile a lot of my work into one night versus doing it per day. It's just a lot easier to do everything in one go versus uh, distributing my time. What is the biggest uh, time focus that you have in the freelance terrain? Uh, you mean in terms of which work am I spending the most time on? Yeah. Um, I have to say markets and conventions and festivals. So planning for those. Um, if depending on the festival, is it catered to a specific audience? Is it a holiday focused festival? Because if it if it is focused, then maybe I have to make merch that's more catered to yeah, yeah tailored to that. Um, my book, I wouldn't say it takes that much time because I, for that one, I do spend an hour or two a day, and mm -hmm. that's kind of casual. I can draw my book, write it while watching a movie, so I don't have to be so focused. But for markets, I do have to think about how do I want to set up my booth and what do I want to bring. And for commissioned work, when where does that fit in? Commission work depends on if people hit me up. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I don't advertise that I'm looking for commission work and people just kind of trickle in, email me. Sometimes I do make a post and say, hey, I'm looking for commission work. Does anyone want illustration? So depending on if I'm looking for a volume of work, I can ask for that. But I wouldn't say it takes as much time as markets and conventions. Yeah, that's like the main one. Mm -hmm. Since there are all of these time commitments, how, what's, how do you manage that? I, it's probably not efficient, but I manage by deadline. So okay. if, a, if a convention is coming up, I probably t prioritize that over um, a commission. But if a commission, um, because there's a contract between the client and me, um, usually I set a commission deadline like two weeks. So depending on when I sign that contract, I have to hit that deadline. So just prioritizing based on my calendar. 
Got it. And so all the deadlines that you have coming are just on like a Google calendar yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do find myself, if there's something that I really just want to work on, then I will prioritize that. Um, I do know in the back of my mind I probably shouldn't do that, but um, I try to hit my deadlines every time. And if I can't meet them, then I'll just let the client or the company know. Nice. For markets, conventions, and festivals, that's kind of your bread and butter because they're pretty lucrative, mm -hmm, if I mm -hmm. remember correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of work goes into running a market or festival? So that's basically a pop-up shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I first started doing that last year in summer, um, had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> what I needed to bring, but I think if you do a lot of research, there's a lot of artists that have already worked on that stuff, so you can just kind of see what their setup is like, um, what they're bringing, but I guess what people don't tell you is how do you sign up for those, how do you look for those, so you have to communicate with the vendor, um, and how are they setting it up and you need to coordinate with them can I get a table what do I need to bring and so there's a lot of management behind the art that you're bringing as well um, and then you also have to research what is this market about so I wouldn't necessarily bring something that doesn't match what the other artists are bringing how much does it cost to like rent a space at these yeah depends per market so if it's a smaller market Usually the range is maybe um, 20 to $70, and that might be a day. You might find some festivals that run through three days, and so those might be more expensive. And you can rent a table or you can get a booth. So obviously a booth is like a 10 by 10 space. That's mm -hmm. a lot more expensive. It can range from 300 to $700. Um, a table is a lot cheaper, but you have less space to distribute your work. Got it. And so what do you typically uh, try to lean towards? I depend. So I try to uh, always get a booth, some bigger space, because I know branding and marketing is very important. Even if you don't make the money to cover it, I think just being able to have a space where people can come in, socialize with you so you can get connections, that's really important to me, and that's why I do booths and conventions, is that I can meet people. Um, sometimes I will want to collab with another artist so I can split a booth. I have a smaller space, but at least I have this connection or this brand with another artist that I look up to. Who are some of these artists out of curiosity? Uh, me So Happy is one yeah. of them. Really um, what, what's your name? Um, Nina. Her name's Nina. Right, right. Nina Nguyen. Uh, shout out to Nina. <laughs> yeah. I'm interviewing her next week too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, another good friend of mine is Star Jelly. Her name's Nicole. Um, I she's actually one of the first artists I met here in Seattle. Nice. Mm -hmm. So usually we are able to collaborate with the booth with these. People. Yeah, and then if I am traveling across the nation, so like let's say Los Angeles, there are other artists in different cities that I collab with. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. It seems like there's a lot going on, and conventions seem to have a lot of energy yeah, to yeah. them as well. Yeah. Uh, how do you pick which ones you're going to? Just Googling? Or yeah, uh, there's actually a artist here in Seattle. Um, have you heard of Kariska? No. So she uh, has this survey up that calculates or has a lot of data on how many conventions there are in, um, I think hers is only in the US or North America. Um, 
and it has numbers on how many artists are showing up at these conventions, how many is the attendance, and so you can gauge which conventions are more popular. So it might be better worth your time to go to conventions with, let's say, over 20,000 people, because you have to think about, do I have to get a hotel, how much is the flight and transportation, and all of that, will it cover, will this convention cover my cost of travel even? Right. Um, versus like a convention that might be for a school. So that's a lot smaller. It's not catered to a bigger city or a wider audience. And so you'll only get maybe 500 people. And that's not a lot compared to a convention that has 20,000. Right. I'm now like thinking about your products. So they're tailored to each event. What would you say... Um, what's your process of product creation yeah. like? Uh, yes and no, they are tailored to convention and when I say that I just mean um, if I know I'm going to let's say an anime convention then mm -hmm. I might bring more prints because that's what they like to right. buy there. But it's not to say I'm limiting myself to bringing or not bringing something. Um, it, I think the brand is very special or it's very important to um, be cohesive with your brand. So if I, I, I do a lot of dog art, so I will always bring dog related things because it reminds people of my brand. Um, but if I go to, let's say a cat convention, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe like that's not the best thing to bring, but I right. could draw something that is uh, cat related. Um, I think the process for how I make my products is, I know that um, I mostly sell apparel and stickers. And so I will usually just go to those certain things. Where are you making your apparel and stickers? Um, most of them are in-house. So the apparel is um, at Amazon. Actually, we have a uh, creative studio. And so I'm actually able to print my own work on apparel that I can find myself. For stickers, I work with vendors. Um, they're in-state or out-of-state, and I can just talk to them very quickly and see which quality, which prints and sizes that I want. That's really cool. And so how much time goes into like making these physical products to sell and like roughly what's, do you have to like, what's the expenditure yeah. as well? I, th I think time to draw is, mm -hmm. takes more time to draw and create. Time to print, um, always give your vendor and the company that you're working with or even the print shop if you're doing it yourself maybe up to two to three weeks because there might be uh, a misprint or something that you didn't anticipate giving yourself enough time before the deadline you need at least i would say three weeks uh, to speak with those vendors the print itself i don't think takes too long like for a company to ship you something is maybe five to seven days. I think it's just communicating with the vendor and then getting the products exactly the quality that you want them. Wow, what was your re most recent um, convention and how did that go? I, so it's 2019 now. I haven't done any shows this year. There was one supposed to be two weeks ago. It got canceled because there was a snow right. storm in Everything Seattle. Everything got canceled. Yeah. Um, my next show is in March, it's in Vancouver, and that's going to be my first international convention, so um, it'll be fun to learn about currency and how that's going to work. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I think my, so my last convention was in maybe November, so four months ago. Yeah, and I, so since then, I've actually been working more on my books, um, drawing for myself versus for merchandise. And actually one of my resolutions for 2019 is to draw more for me versus trying to crank out all these products and aiming towards conventions. Cause I found that I was making too many things and um, part of my brand is simplicity. So I don't want to overburden customers with too many choices on my website. Uh, when you're drawing more for yourself, what kind of um, things are you focusing on or what's that like? Yeah, I think what that means is uh, my style is very cute and simple. So mm -hmm. it could be maybe just one character um, versus drawing for myself, I love detail, so it's actually the opposite. It's not as simple. It's, it has a lot of backgrounds, textures, colors, um, and it takes a lot more time to make that. And so I don't have to meet any deadlines. It's just drawing art for me, and then when I'm done, it's I'm done, and I can share it. Versus right. people are not waiting for me to work on something. <laughs> yeah. How uh, did you develop your brand or really clarify that? Yeah, it took me a long time yeah. <laughs> to develop my brand. Um, I've always been Picavar since 2009, but I have to say from 2009 to 2017, I kind of just drew whatever I wanted to draw, um, referenced a lot of artists, but multiple artists at the same time. And so I would say my style never looked like anything. Um, it was always cute, it was always simple, but if you compared all of my artwork, they didn't have this consistent look to them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until last year I started drawing more consistently with this uh, particular kind of style that I just came up with. And I thought, hey, finally, this is something that I really gravitate towards and um, something that I enjoy drawing. And so that's when I started to reiterate, this is how I want to draw and then apply it to everything that I made. And so that's how my brand started to shape, but it didn't, it wasn't just something that I was like, hey, this is how I want my brand to look exactly. It was looking at all the previous work yeah. and finding the common yeah. threads. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that worked out well. When so you solidified that recently? Yeah, recently. Okay. Um, yeah, last year. <laughs> in the in the past year, I would say. Nice. It's from an outsider. Like you seem very successful uh, in this side venture. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to. Um, I think a lot of misperception is that an artist just always knows what to draw and mm -hmm. they always have this style, but. You can compare to any artist. They have a style from 10 years ago and then they have a style now. It's always developing. So I'm sure in 10 years, my style will not be the same as it is today. Even though I say this is my brand today, but brands are always changing, illustration styles are always changing because you're always learning. And so I don't think change is a bad thing. Um, consistency, I think, is important in what is the mission of the brand and what is their goal, but style will always be changing. What would you say then is the mission of your brand? That's I know that's like hard a to big, say. Yeah, yeah, that's like, <laughs> um, I know uh, some of your descriptors are like cute and small things. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think just 
in general, I want to distribute art that makes people happy, um, that inspires people to do something. Uh, something I want to do in the future is be able to teach people about art, how to be an entrepreneur, how to get started, how to overcome the fear of feeling like no one will love your art or no one will buy your art. So I want to be able to inspire people. I think if you're describing my brand or my style, it's, it's more cute, friendly, approachable, and simple. Uh, where, why do you want to inspire people to kind of make art? It seems like a no-brainer, but yeah. where is that coming from? Yeah, I think it's um, part of my journey as well, is I didn't have anyone mentoring me growing up. Um, it was just my mom, but she's very business-minded, so she guided me towards the entrepreneurial side, saying things like, yeah, you can sell your art, or this is what you can do with your art, you can apply it to all of these different brands or companies. But she wasn't really artistic and couldn't understand what it was like to struggle with art blocks or feeling like you're not good enough. And so I want to be a mentor to people who feel like that because I didn't have that growing up. Are you doing that kind of thing now? Yeah, I, I sort of am. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that I meet at conventions, they come up and they're like, hey, we remember you from Tumblr because that's how I got started yeah. um, in 2009. And they said, like, you've gone such a long way and they're so impressed. And they tell me about how they also started drawing because they saw my work, but they never really got anywhere with it. And so they ask for advice or sometimes people will reach out via email. And it's people like that I'm able to help today. Uh we was canceled because of snow, but you have like an artist meetup mm -hmm. as well. Do you yeah. organize that? Yeah. Um, so I've never been to an artist meetup. Um, I did do like a book meetup at Barnes and Nobles one time where I reached out to a few artists and I said, hey, if you're interested in publishing or illustration, you can come meet different artists. You were there. Yeah, that was, it was so cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I met so many people who are on this same train that kind of want to do what you're doing. Yeah. And so it was the perfect venue to yeah. information share. Yeah, that was more for connecting and information. Mm -hmm. But I do want to set up more time for artists to just kind of draw and have like a working session. It's, um, it's very easy, or I think it's easier to work with people who are like-minded and also if everyone's focused, then you're in this environment where it inspires you to keep working or drawing. It's, I think it's really cool how you want to create this teaching environment. What do you think is the best way to like push this inspirational part, portion of your journey? You mean like, what are the like, channels that you're doing this? Yeah, um, the meetups are one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, actually, people who know that I try to mentor, they will, they will connect other people for me. So they'll send people my way. Um, something I want to work on this year is doing more streaming. So live streaming on how to draw. Um, although I find that a lot of people for streaming, they're not interested on how-tos, but they're interested in just the process of how I'm working. And they'll ask me questions when I live stream, like, how did you start? Or if I have a business, what should I do? And so this live streaming is a great channel for talking to fans and people who are behind a screen. They're kind of anonymous, so they're not afraid to reach out. I know that you make a lot of, like, a portion of this side income comes from selling products. Mm -hmm. Does 
any of this mentorship pay you at all? Or not, is it all pro bono? Yeah, not currently, no. Okay. Yeah. Was that something you're interested in or would you rather just mentor uh, for free? I haven't really thought about that deeply mm-hmm. yet. Um, I think that's a great idea. I think starting first, I need to create some credibility um, and then maybe for me, I would be more comfortable in having like a more formal class. Okay. So that would be like at a school or something. Yeah. Like in a uh, traditional yeah. So actually here in Seattle, we have a um, Asian American museum called the Wing Luke. And they reached out to me and they said, hey, we have some classes on the weekends, which you like to come and teach and uh, we'll pay you and it's, it will be whatever curriculum you want. And at first I was like, oh, actually I've never been a teacher or I don't know how to teach. Um, And then I met someone at Amazon who's a watercolor teacher. Her name is Sophia Trin. And um, she invited me to one of her classes just to kind of shadow and see what it's like to teach. And then at the end of it, she was like, how did you like my class? And how was I as a teacher? And I said, wow, you're so amazing. Like just walking all the students on how to paint and you walked around and um, you're very charismatic and she said I have no teaching background so you can do it too and it's really just like being on people's level and mm-hmm. trying to understand where they're at and how to help them and communication versus like being um, certified to be a teacher right yeah. do you find yourself helping people uh, with entrepreneurship as well I think it's um it's not really the entrepreneur side it's mostly the mentality mm-hmm. is people are afraid to even start they don't know where to begin they have art but they're like uh i don't i don't know what to do with it and right. so it's more like telling them yeah you can do it here are some ways to do it but um it's them taking that step I'm, a little, I'm taken aback at how big your network is <laughs> because you seem to have like people reaching out to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was your Tumblr following like? And because yeah. uh, I know a lot of people know you through Tumblr, yeah. but also how do you find your people now? Mm-hmm. Um, Tumblr was, I have to say, is was a bit easier because um, in 2009 there were not very many artists online. So if I posted something, um, then uh, it would reach a lot of people without me having to try. The internet was a lot smaller, and so I could really do whatever I wanted, and it would reach millions of people. So I got, um, when I used Tumblr for four years and um, reached up to like 60,000 followers on Tumblr and on DeviantArt. And then I took a four-year break. And so that actually hurt the brand a lot. Um, People were asking, where was I? And are there going to be more merch? But that momentum kind of slowed down. And I didn't start uploading work until last year. And so I had to rebuild that network. Like Tumblr fans, they they still do show up here and now. But um, the majority of the fans today are new fans. So people I find on Instagram, um, I've gotten to know a lot of people in Seattle. So the art community here is quite small. And then, um, so they can also advertise for me. And then I will meet people who know other artists in Seattle. So it's just like a lot of reaching out, going to events, 
Um, and then on social media, it's also people reaching out and being like, hey, we found your work and want to learn more. So, What is your main uh, media channel online? Right now is Instagram. Got it. It's, it's great for the podcast listener that's something like walk. It's all good. She loves playing with dogs though. It's yeah. just like when she can't reach them, she's like, "Who are you?" Right. Stay out of my space. <laughs> so you rebuilt your network through uh, basically doing Instagram and also uh, grassroots, mm-hmm. it seems. Mm-hmm. And what would you say? is the next step for 2019. So it's doing more art for you, maybe a little bit less products. Yeah, less products. Um, what's the next big project? Um, more streaming, for sure. Just like helping people, um, getting to under- understand what uh, fans are interested in so I can answer questions, um, get used to talking to myself and talking to mm-hmm. fans. And um, I, so something I'm really excited to work on this year is a comic series. Um, I, I used to do a lot of comic writing um, back in the Tumblr days, and that got really popular. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Don't get a little wet. So I want to get back into comic writing. Okay. Um, there's a series that I kind of started to mention on Twitter and Instagram um, to my fans saying, hey, there's going to be a comic series. It's called Your Dumb Face. It's actually inspired by just my personal life, um, which I think is also something I want to share more mm-hmm. to my fans. Because they just kind of see that I'm this illustrator, um, right. I come out with a bunch of random products, but I don't really talk so much about myself, and that's something that people are interested in because they want to relate to this is a human or this is just another person versus um, someone who magically makes art every now and then. So the series is more about my personal life. Cool. Is there? Do you think that there's an opportunity for more people to do what you do? For sure. There's so many resources today and so many events that are also happening around in every city. So not just Seattle, but there's so much potential. Um, I mean, I can't fly to all these different places, so I have to choose very wisely which conventions I want to be at at a time. Um, But yeah, so many ways that a person can start their own business and do this kind of work. Because we talked about this last time, that I think a lot of people want to do what you do and kind of want to do what Cheyenne and maybe what Me So Happy are Mm -hmm. doing. And last time you said a lot of roadblocks are kind of internal. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that there are any also maybe uh, just logistical barriers that are keeping it out? Or is it usually Mm -hmm. people just doubting themselves? Mm -hmm. Hmm, that's a difficult one, right? Mm -hmm. Because... You need money to start a business. Not a lot of people have money. Yeah, not a lot of people have money. 
but I mean, I didn't have money to get mm -hmm. started. I just published work online. Um, Instagram is such a great channel because you don't need money to start an Instagram. You can just publish your work. You can um, get a lot of followings. And then you can actually get funded by your fans. So people do things like Patreon, where um, I think Cheyenne knows more about this, right, yeah. where you can subscribe to an artist. They will release some products, but you're paying them the subscription. There's also Kickstarters, where I started to see a lot of artists use Kickstarter um, because they can just publish their work. And it's kind of like a pre-order style where they contribute some money that guarantees them a product, but the artist doesn't have to really contribute any of their own money right it's just saying and like that's the best way yeah and yeah. it's saying hey here's some art is anyone interested and then they'll start to get funding and depending on how much they get they can use it on the certain like different tiers of which art they want to publish or release 